we were at the Pentagon together. His name was Robert James Woolsey. Yeah. My name was Robert John Woolsey. Yes. The Army and the government didn't care about middle names. But, they wanted <laughs> him to be known as Robert J. Woolsey, Captain on the Army Intelligence. And I was ha Captain Robert J. Woolsey. Naturally, there was a mix-up. First of all, it happened innocently enough at the dentist's office. I went down there to get a wisdom tooth pulled. And the dentist said, hey... You've grown back all of your wisdom teeth. And I said, no, you got the wrong chart there. So uh, I said, you got the Robert James movie. So that, that was innocent enough. But but then I got this big pack of top secret documents. I mean, this, this was top secret stuff uh, from the State Department. Some guy came and hand delivered it to, to, to me personally. And I said, you don't want me. You want the other Robert J. Woolsey. And he said, no. Your, your office number is printed on it. You got any questions? And called the State Department. So I took the package. I didn't open it, of course. I figured I'd, you know, open it and I'd get shot. So I, 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 yes. <laughs> I said, you know, this is to the colonel who was in charge of this. This stuff is not for me. It's the other Robert J. Woolsey. And eventually it did get sorted out. You know, the, the State Department came in about 15 minutes. And uh, some guy with a whole bunch of security badges on him uh, came in and he retrieved the package. But that's a, you know there was a Robert J. Woolsey then and a Robert J. Woolsey now and he's he's still pretty active. He's a, you know as I said he's the, the attorney for the head of the FBI. So uh, I um, uh, I'm sort of semi-retired. I was in an area he was in an area that, he went into the intelligence area, and I guess he became attorney for a lot of people who were in the intelligence world. Whereas I was in the trust and estates area, which slowly faded away and. Yes. I don't think there's going to be a too much or, too much estate planning in the near future. I think that tax is just about dead by now. We've got um, uh, Bob Woolsey with us today. He joins us live here in a broadcast, and uh, in in this next segment here on uh, our lineup media presentation, we're going to be. Uh, chatting with uh, Bob Woolsey, we're, we're going to be talking a little bit more about his book here. Now, um, th this this book is incredibly well written. Take me through the writing process to put this book together. Yeah, well, I figured that. The, well, I'll start. We're at the beginning, my yeah. first day in Columbus, and that's why the first chapter is called "Hello, Columbus." You know, turn take off on that movie. Goodbye, Columbus. And of course, this is Columbus, Georgia. And this was the year, boy, it seems so long ago, it was 1968. And I got there and, uh, you know, I, just, I met a lot of interesting people that, when I was there. And I made friends with a lot of them, a lot of, you know, nice guys. Uh, some more, um, you know, we had, we had the, the few there that you know, would polish their shoes every day, you know, 100 coats of shoe polish. And uh, th these guys were, you know, were, were very army. But there were a lot of guys... Even the guy that who was uh, in charge of the, the, the Pentagon unit where I was, uh, General McChristian, who was a two-star general, he was a pretty good guy, you know, military, of course. He went to West Point, but um, I, um, I tell about the, the beginning, I tell about my three or four, well, when that, and that's, that's three months at uh, basic training. Every officer had to do that, and I had to go to intelligence school for about six weeks. And then I went to the Pentagon. And my first day there, as I say in the book, was, uh, you know, here you have this guy who's uh, just out of college or just out of law school, you know, is, is unaware of, you know, the intelligence world. So I get this report that, uh, you know, Soviet aircraft are heading for the West German border. 
So I had no, and I was alone there. It was like five o'clock in the morning, and I said, "Wait a minute, maybe this could be important." Little did I know they did this every day. The Soviets sent forty, <laughs> and then, then really, and then they they reached that Westwood. Then East Germany he turned around, and went back. So I panicked, and I called up the uh, the head of the the defense intelligence agency, thinking that I I got the big. Uh, intelligence coup, and the guys, don't worry about it. We do the same thing. We send our guys over there, they turn back. They send their guys here, and they would turn back. As long as they keep, they keep turning back, we're not going to have any problems. So um, that, that was a big mistake that I made. Because the, the first boss that I had was uh, not very good. He was a guy that I didn't like at all. Uh, but he was... Um, uh, <laughs> Fortunately for me, the general didn't like him either. So we had some, we're co-briefers. I brief one day, he briefed the other. And after about five or six months, the general, who's a two-star general, said, hey, "Get rid of this guy. This guy, you know, I call him Kachuk. All the names, most of the names in the book have changed. <laughs> and uh, so, so they got rid, of, got rid of this guy. And uh, after that, it was really clear. But the second boss I got was really great. And uh, so I spent. Um, as I said, I spent 20 months at the Pentagon. Two months of those were on vacation. And um, I tell about the, um, the the great vacation system that the Army is supposed to have. You know, uh, the, air, the military will fly you any, anywhere in the world where they have military cargo flights. And they have a lot, most of those, they have to Frankfurt in Germany. But they have flights to, to Rio de Janeiro and to Madrid. These don't cost you anything. All you have to do is to go to this base at either four. We I went to Dover Air Force Base, and uh, you stay there, friend. Uh, you wave your name is called. You get on the plane, and no um, no cost, and then you're you're off. And uh, so I, I got a flight a flight to Frankfurt, Germany, for nothing. Wow! And, uh, <laughs> so, so it's, it's a pretty good, pretty good deal. Because you don't have you don't have cute little waitresses or stewardesses uh, <laughs> cocktails. Yeah. But you know the, the 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 whatever it was, the four or five hundred bucks you save, you know, it makes it makes it all worthwhile. Yeah. And um, I tell another thing that, that, that that's funny. And we uh, the colonel who's in charge of the office said. You know, it's going to be a good thing for esprit de corps morale. If each desk area, you know, we had the Chinese area and the Soviet area, has a luncheon once a month at the desk area of their, of where their, uh, their, their expertise is. Yes. So we'd have a, a meal at a Russian restaurant, and we'd have a meal at a Mexican restaurant, and uh, a meal at... Uh, 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 well, we couldn't find any Israeli restaurants because they were mostly Middle East. So we went to a Jewish deli, and uh, that I think is pretty funny. I, I tell it, it's, it's naturally it's the, the guy who gives a soliloquy is a guy who I call Saul Krongold. Who he sort of represents all of the Jewish deli uh, uh, owners that I've known in the last thirty years. Yeah, and having worked in downtown New York for so many years, I know a lot of them. Because we go down to lunch in down downtown New York, there are d dozens of kosher delis, and so I sort of you know figured well, what what would, I, what would this guy say? And then I tell about the the, the second lunch we had was it was an Indian restaurant, and uh, as you know, things happened, the guy who was the Indian he turned out to be sort of gay. 
And he made a pass at me after lunch. <laughs> Holy smokes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I said, but wait a minute. Now, this isn't working out. You know, nice guy, but it's just like I, I wasn't gay, and he was. And <laughs> yes. He, 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 I maybe I sent the wrong signal, but I, 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 I recall I was pretty clever about it because I, I uh, said, okay, I don't, want, I don't want this thing to go any further than his hand on my knee. Yeah. So I'll cough. I mean, I had a coughing spasm, and I, I went to the bathroom, and I, and I pretended to be sick. I said, oh, i got to get going. i take some Pepto-Bismol because I'm just sick as a dog. i got to leave. So he, he bought it, and, um, and, and I, I, I left. But that was a, there was a chapter that I have in the book about that. Holy smokes. And, that is, uh, that, that, uh, tell, tell us more about this book. The, the, this book sounds just uh, entertaining and, uh, yeah. and a hoot, my well, friend. It, it, it's, um, at, at the beginning, there was a, there, it seemed like there was a funny thing that happened just so everywhere I went. There was a guy that, uh, there was a little chapter I, I mentioned, I was in, in intelligence school. And uh, I, I was fortunate enough to go to the Pentagon. There were a lot of guys who were going to the Pentagon, stay or staying stateside, not going to Vietnam. One guy didn't realize how lucky he was that, that he was going to the Pentagon, so he started bragging about it to guys and the other platoons and saying, oh, boy, I got a great job. And after this, you know, the guys who are going to Vietnam are going to die, maybe. They, they, they got sort of sick of this. So he decided to change this guy's orders. He had orders to go to, to the Pentagon on such and such a date. And so they forged some, some different orders for him saying that, your orders have been canceled. You are to report to Vietnam. And this guy was, he almost went crazy. He almost blew his head off. And, uh, you know, that was one of the, one of the incidents I tell about in the book. And uh, the, the guy that forged the orders suddenly started to panic because this guy was, this guy was about to go crazy because he was expecting two years of non-military service, you know, and uh, he had prepared himself for that. And this uh, was, it was sort of a cruel jerk when, when I think about it. But the, the Pentagon itself was, um, uh, I talked about the Christmas party we had at the Pentagon, you know, where I met my, um, uh, met, there weren't too many women there, but I met one who was uh, pretty, we got along well together. Yeah. And um, I took her into a restricted area. Our office was, Really high, high, high secret stuff, top secret code word, and I took her in there to uh, have a good time. And, uh, <laughs> turns, turns out I, I had, you know, I had a good time, but uh, <laughs> then, then the, the colonel Palms posted up on the bulletin board. I have an urgent matter to discuss with the whole office, and uh, it comes to my attention. That an officer had brought, a, a, brought an unauthorized uh, woman into this office last Friday. And I said, oh, my God, they found me out. I wasn't the only guy that did this. There were two other yes. guys that, 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 that had the same idea. You know, it was this nice remote, remote place. So I had, I, I called it like uh, three horny ships passing in the night. Yes, I took my, my, my girl, you know, we had... Uh, we had stuff, and uh, <laughs> I, I had the four o'clock to six o'clock shift, and I left. And I guess we all came in around six thirty, and and these guys, you know, these guys. So we had three three different officers who brought three unauthorized Mataharis into the office, 
And, um, you know, it, it was, it was, it was it, 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 it turned out okay, you know. Uh, you know, I was, it wasn't, wasn't that big a deal. Uh, we, they didn't see any classified information or anything like that. But uh, it, was, it was funny stuff. It was, I thought it was, you know, it was, it was interesting. And, um, oh, I don't know. There were a, a whole lot of chapters. The book has about, well, I think I have 60 chapters. But a lot of those things are only maybe two pages or three pages. You know, like, for example, at the time when the, 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 the general was interested in this soccer war, you know, they, they, like, the, the two nations, I can't yes, believe Yes, yes. Talk, talk to us about this, because the, 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 this, this is a very interesting part of the book. T- tell us a little bit about this. Yeah, we had the, the general just in passing. He never heard about soccer. He didn't know about soccer. Was Captain Bulls, he know anything about soccer? I said, no, General, I, I think it's pretty boring stuff. You know, you you, you pay for, you play for 60 minutes, you got to score one nothing. He said, I don't know anything about it. But the, the, the people in El Salvador and Nicaragua think this, this, this is a big deal. So uh, give me a little report about it tomorrow. And, you know, when, it, when a, a two-star general gives an order, or he, yeah, he wasn't that, that much of an order, he wanted to find out about it. So I went back, and the colonel said, go down to the Washington Post, find out all you can about soccer, you know, make a report and, and digest it and, and talk it over with our special sex man. And we got to give this general a, a, a briefing for about, about two minutes, three minutes tomorrow morning. And, you know, you'll just tell him what, what, the, what a penalty kick is and what the goalie and the hands <laughs> off. Try to find out what offside, was, offside is. I, I'm still not quite sure it is. And uh, go down there, do that, and um, I did. And um, I, I, I don't even know if the general was, but the general, in response to your your question yesterday about about soccer, I had yes. a follow report to make, and I gave him, you know, two minutes. We had slides, you know, and guys pointing at, you know, this is where the goalie is, and this is, you know, these are the forwards, and you know, this is the, what the object of the game is. And we did this for two minutes, and he said he nodded, and that was about it. But that was, a, you know, one of those things that, that happened that uh, um, it sort of broke broke the monotony of the, just the, the countless Vietnam stories, like one to the other. And so we, we had this this uh, this soccer war, and um, and it, it, you know, there were other things that happened that um, um, I tell there's a, a, a there's an interesting story. I met a guy uh, who was a, a really he's a nice fellow, but he was very Military type. He had the crew cut yes. tall. He was about you know six one, six two, but one hundred and seventy pounds. Really good, but he's a nice fellow. Anyway, he left it on March, and he um, he, he he turned into a hippie. He he went to Woodstock, <laughs> and I saw him again. Wow! I saw him again in October, and this guy had hair down to his you know down to his shoulders, and with the headband and the beard and the beads and the sandals. And I said, wow, you changed a little bit. <laughs> you changed a little bit. Yeah, I changed an awful lot. I said, we better get out of here because the colonel, if he sees you, he's used to seeing a guy that, uh, with the crew cut and, uh, and, the, and the, 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 the pleated shirts and, and the starch uniform. I, he's going to have a heart attack, so we better get out of here. And I'll take you out for a cup of coffee. But, but this guy was, uh, you know, like I said, he turned into a... Uh, into a, a, a hippie uh, nonconformist, 
And I even told her, I said, you know, um, well, you're, you're not conformist now. And I remember I said to him something like, well, you, you must like things like soybean cakes and, and, and herbal tea. He said, no, no, I'm still the same guy. It's just that I don't like the, I, I like a beard and I like my hair long. Uh, but uh, I like, I still like junk food. I eat at the, con- the kernels. And uh, I watch I Love Lucy and Jackie Gleason. And, uh, <laughs> but it's just that I, 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 don't, I don't like to conform to the uh, standards. And then um, a couple of days later, we went out, uh, we went to an auction, and some guys didn't realize that this just because this guy had long hair and beard and sandals, and he, he was no pushover. This guy was a very accomplished, self he was, a, he was appointed as a karate instructor in camp. So that some, some guys, uh, you know, when I had a couple of beers at the diner, they said, hey, you, well, are you a faggot? And, uh, and I said, wait a minute. <laughs> He stood, he stood up and he mopped the floor with these guys. You know, <laughs> That's he amazing. Yes. Yeah, because he, he said, you know, this guy, you know, they, they thought they were dealing with somebody just because the guy had long hair. They thought he was a pushover. <laughs> it turns out that he wasn't a pushover. He, he took all four of them on, chased them out of the diner, and, uh, you know, and they you know, almost killed one of them. But um, I, that's, and there's things like that all over that, that happen in the book. There are, uh, as I said, it's 60 chapters, and it ends up um, my, my last day. You know, I, I had been in the Army for so long, a very comfortable position. I had, to, I had a certain time I had to report, and I had certain things I had to do, and by a certain time in the morning, my day was over. So I, I had my life planned for me, yeah. and then the last day that I had to leave, there was all of all things a solar eclipse, and um, uh, that happened. It was I don't know if it was uh, fortune or what, but everything were turned dark, and I went to the, the park that's Rock Creek Park, which is a pub park not too far from the Pentagon, and uh, you know we had the eclipse. The eclipse was over, and as I say in the book, you know, the, the, that was over, and the next day I had to begin my life. And the army wasn't going to be there to tell me what to do, and I had to go out and fend, fend for a living. You know, I had to use use the law degree and do as much as I could with uh, the, the background that I that I had. Well, but, and uh, and I, that's well, and and that's that's where I I want to I want to go into this uh, to this next section of our interview is that you. You uh, you got into estate planning and 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 things like this. How how did you transition into that? Yeah, well, it was just fortunate. I didn't like litigation, which you know, going to court. Uh, court, court is, a, I don't know. I think it's a waste of time because you sit around sometimes for an hour and a half, two hours, 